Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you for this opportunity to share with these people, your people. I pray, Father, none of me but all of you, grant unto me your son and your slave supernatural divine utterance, that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. I thank you, Father, that you sent your word and healed us. I thank you for your healing power being present. Thank you, Father, for drawing those who don't know you to you, bringing understanding where there is um, a lack of. Thank you for giving us wisdom and understanding. I pray for your people that you'll grant unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe. I praise you and I glorify. Just lift up your hands and just say, Father, I receive your word. I have ears to hear. I have eyes to see. And I have a heart that is receptive. Today I'll be taught the word of God. And I'll never be the same. I'll never, ever, ever be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to talk about building a godly family. This is not, this is the message we preached last week. So you can go back, Darren. Just go back to the logo. Um, building a godly family. So if you have your Bibles, and if you don't have a Bible, we do have a Bible for you. Ephesians chapter 6. So raise your hand if you don't have a Bible. And inside of your gift, there's a Bible for you to take home. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. There is an, an urgency for fathers to rise up and be fathers. We, we live in a world today in which um, a father is being redefined. There are many people who did not grow up with their natural father, and therefore they have a, um, not a, a good view of what fatherhood is. So today I want to target the fathers, but the mothers and people who are single can benefit from it as well, but building a godly family. There was a guy by the name of Charles Spurgeon. He said, a father's holy life is a rich legacy for his sons and daughters. And so we're going to talk about um, how do we build a godly legacy? How do we build a godly family? How many know that God created the family? The family was not some man made tradition, but it actually was um, birthed in the heart of God. Everything about God speaks of family. Th let's think about this for a moment. We see through the lens of Scripture that God created Adam and Eve, the first couple, and he told them to be fruitful and multiply and to fill the earth. So here we see from in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, that it is God's design to, to have a family. 
and God himself is identifies himself as God the Father, identifies himself as a father. He is the definition of a father. If we want to see what a father looks like, you just need to look at God. He is a father. Uh, many times we, we have natural fathers who do not do what they need to do. I just recently got back from Uganda, and the same problems that we have in the United States, they have over there. We have men, or I should say males, who go and impregnate women, and they do not take up the responsibilities and be the father. It takes a real man not only to impregnate a woman, but also to take care of the seed that he, he left behind. Amen. And I think that there is just a lack of that here in the United States, as well as um, in Africa, the continent of Africa, and as well as around the world. There's a lack of fathers. And the world and Satan and sin are trying to define family. And, but we must get our identity from God. So um, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, for this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you, go well with you that you may live long in the earth or in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but to bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. So um, let's take a look at this book of the book of Ephesians. It's full of God's wisdom. Um, the first half of the book kind of tells us what God the Father did for humanity in Jesus. As we see from Ephesians chapter 1 through chapter 3, we see God displaying his love for humanity. And we can see that God is working in reconciling humanity back to himself. And then we see from chapter 4 through chapter 6 how we should live in light of what God did for us in Christ. Let me tell you, um, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 says this, um, that children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So this is the instruction to children to obey their parents in the Lord. And how many know that children learn first how to obey God by first learning how to obey their parents? And so for the first 18 years of a child's life, the father and the mother are, give them an opportunity to learn how to follow the plan of God. And you, as you see, parents are called to put something inside of their children, not only to be successful in this world, but first and foremost, to know who God is. So for the first 18 years of your life, if you're a Christian, you have the responsibility, you have the godly responsibility to instruct your children in the ways of God. There are other religions in the world who are having children for the sake of passing their religion now. Um, in the Middle East, I got some friends in the Middle East, and they, they actually, um, um, many, many of the, the people in the Middle East are having six and eight and 10 and 15 kids by the same woman, um, and for the sake of passing their religion down. Here in America, we are having less and less kids. So that's going to show us what the future is. I'm not telling anybody to go out and have a bunch of kids and you can't afford it. I'm not telling you to do that. But again, it's very selfish of a, a couple, if they have the ability to have kids 
and they don't have kids if they're young in their age. I mean, if you're older, you know, late 40s and 50s, I don't know necessarily that that might be the best thing. You know, I just read recently of, a, of, of I saw the title in a grocery store of a lady 48 years old having a child. Um, I don't know if that's the best thing, but that happens, right? <laughs> if you're 48 or 50 and you had a kid, I'm not condemning you. <laughs> Um, but God put together families, uh, couples, for, the, for the, one of the reasons why he calls a husband and a wife to come together is so that they can have children. In our society that is kind of looking down on people, you know, I have a couple friends. One has five children. The other one has seven. And the society looks down upon a person who does that. But I think that, that that is an honorable thing, not someone who just going around having, I mean, I have an uncle that has about 15 kids by eight different women. I mean, that's ridiculous. And he's going to be held, be held accountable before God based on that. Oh, so, so let's take a look at this. Um, so he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is the will of God. This is pleasing in the sight of God. God is training children how to follow him by first following their parents. So if a child cannot listen to their parents, then they're going to miss out an opportunity learning how to submit to authority. How many know that you're always going to have somebody telling you what to do? I know everybody wants to think that they are um, independent and they don't need anybody. So you, you are born into a family. You have your parents telling you what to do, right? You go to school. You have your teacher telling you what to do. You graduate from high school. You, get, um, you go to college, you have your professors telling you what to do, or the university telling you what to do. If you don't do it, what's going to happen? They're going to kick you out of the school, right? Then you get a job and you get a career. You have a boss telling you what to do. And say, well, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I want to do my own thing. Guess what? The government is going to tell you what to do. You, you, you're going to have to follow the rules somehow. Um, officers. Police officers are going to tell you what to do. The law tells us what to do. So you are not going to be at a place where you just have total independence and you can do whatever you want to do. That's not possible in this world or in the world to come. And so we're always going to learn. We're always going to have someone instructing us. And so the, for the first 18 years of a child's life, they have the opportunity to learn obedience by listening to their parents. How can you be successful and be a, 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 a blessing to the world when you haven't learned how to listen to your parents that God gave you? Amen. All right, so let's look at verse 2. It says that, um, honor your father and your mother, for this is the first commandment with promise, with a promise. How many know that there's something that's lost in our generation? It's honor. We don't know how to honor people. We did, there's a lot of dishonor. Whether you like your parents or you like your, your dad, whether your dad was in, his, in your life or not, there is a place of honor that you should honor. Or whether your mom was in your life or not, you should, there should honor your parents because they, they birthed you. Whether they did anything for you, it doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter, but there should be an element of honor. Likewise, there should be honor um, not only to parents but grandparents. You have young people cur cursing out, using profanity with their grandparents and how that, that's dishonor. And so kids learn how to honor, their, honor God by first honoring their parents. 
You should never, you should never curse out your parents. And if you have, there's, there's freedom, there's forgiveness in Jesus. But the Bible boldly says in Proverbs that if you curse out your parents, that the Lord himself will blow out your candle. There is a curse that will come upon you when you dishonor and disrespect parents. But it is the parents' responsibility to put inside of the, those kids a, a spirit of honor and a spirit of obedience. You're not going to like, as a, as a child, you, you didn't like everything that your parents did. And your kids are not going to like everything that you do. But you have to put inside of them, I'm from down south, and we say yes, sir, and no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And uh, when I moved from, from Arkansas to, to New Jersey, I moved right into Trenton, <laughs> um, as y'all call it, Trenton. Um, I call it Trenton. But um, I, I saw a lot of disrespect towards teachers. And again, that comes from the home. So God placed the father as the foundation to set the standard of what kids should be, be like. You, you, parents, fathers are, they give the identity to the family. They give the name. They give um, um, how to work and how, and the way that a child learns how to respect their spouse, a girl or a boy, uh, male or female, they learn it from watching their father, how the father deals with the mother. And if the father is disrespectful to the mother, the children will be disrespectful to the mother. And when they get in a relationship and when they get married, they're going to repeat that same cycle. We're talking about building a godly family. And so here, um, the Lord is speaking through Apostle Paul and says, um, children, honor your father and your mother, for this is the first commandment with promise. Let's look at verse 3. It says, that it may go well with you, that you may be lo live long in the land. So this is a promise in which God says, if you honor your parents, I'm going to give you well days. How many know well days is something that we all need? Amen. To have peace, in mind, peace of mind, have money in the bank, yes. to not be in the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, and then it says, to live long on earth. I don't know about you, but I want to live long. It is not God's will for people to die early, especially if they have kids. Um, you know, sometimes parents, uh, people die early, accidents and so forth. And I want to submit to you, not all the time, but some element plays with what a parent or what a kid did or a person did when they were at home with their parents. Your life could be shortened based on how you deal with your parents. God takes it very seriously the way that we deal with our parents. And so the reason why some people die early is because they dishonored their parents. Amen. Their life is shortened. And so this is a promise. So one of the things I wanted to do growing up with my parents is this scripture was taught to me and I wanted to live long on the earth and I wanted to have some well days. And so my mom and dad put inside of me the spirit of honor and, and I began to honor my parents. And so one time I had a sharp pain in my body and didn't know what it was. And I, w I was driving. And so I said, Father God, you said in your word that if I honor my parents, that my days on the earth will be well and I will have, I will have wellness on, on the earth. And this is not a well day. 
So I claim my well day today. And do you know that that pain left immediately? And I'm telling you, the promises of God are real. Let's go to verse 4. It says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but to bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. So here the scripture tells us, um, to, to, as fathers, not to provoke our children. Not to provoke our children. Uh, what, does this, what does this mean? The, the word provoke simply means to cause a particular reaction or a particular effect, to say something or do something that you know that will annoy another person uh, in an angry way. Um, Paul is saying not to provoke your children to anger, to rouse, to, to rouse up anger. How many know that a father can, can break a kid's spirit? The words that we say to our children, they will stay inside of them unless God, through his wisdom, delivers them from those words. So what, what was said to you as a kid is probably growing and continue to grow even until the day you die. Words go deep. And despite what people say, um, sticks and stones may break my, word, my bones, but words will never hurt. Words hurt. And words are the most powerful forces on the earth. And what I say will go inside of my children, will go inside of my spouse, and stay there if it's not dealt with. So we need to be careful of what we say to our children as parents. Amen. Say to our spouses. Say to ourselves. We've talked to ourselves some negative words. And so here the scripture says, fathers, don't provoke your children. Um, um, but instead, you, you're to bring them up in the way that they should go. So how we speak to our children will determine will determine whether we are provoking them. Um, by ignoring our children and their problems is another way we can provoke anger. There's some fathers who are there physically, but emotionally they're not there. They're, they're silent. How I many know sometimes silence could even be worse than words? I ain't going to get a whole lot of amen in this church. Um... Another way in which to provoke your um, children is by not making them feel love. How many know that children need to feel love? Amen. And as fathers, when the last time you told your child you love them? You need to say that constantly, and they need to see you say that to your spouse. They need to say, I love you. I lo they need to hear those words. Not being a godly father includes not, not affirming the family. The family should be protected by the father. The father is the first line of defense. And when that line is broken, then the mother is the second line. But the goal is to get the children or to get the next generation. Society is after your child. They don't, they're not really concerned about you. If they can get your child addicted to a certain game, they can raise that child up to be a loyal, commitment, committed customer for life. And, and, uh, the world wants your children. So even through movies and, um, and different cartoons and stuff on YouTube, they want to grab the heart and the mind of that child to program that way of, a way of thinking. But how many know that fathers 
specifically fathers, are called to program their children for spiritual reasons, spiritual um, development, knowing who God is and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Number two, knowing how to work. Uh, um, as, you, as you think about um, a father dealing with their daughters, their daughter is going to be a, is a future mother. Their daughter is a future uh, wife. Their daughter is a future employee or employer. And so you have to put some things in them that's going to last, outlast you. Amen? Amen? And some families you can see that the father has put inside of their children the, 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 the desire and the, the need and necessary to work. And, and, and then you got some fathers who put in laziness in their children. And you, you see a bunch of, oh, that's that, that, that family right there, they're lazy. It came down from the father, right? Are they trying to get something for nothing? Are they, they always gambling? And you ever see some, the, because the father has cheated on the spouse, on the mom, then, then everybody else down that line keeps cheating. It just follows that line. It, it, it's generational cycles. Poverty, for example. You, you have a father who, 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 who doesn't break the cycle of poverty over his life. Then th those children will, will develop bad spending habits and not saving and not getting, getting into more debt. I'm talking better than y'all saying amen. amen. And we have to, as fathers, we got to break that. If you've done that, then you can just repent today and make a new start. Say, you know what? And fathers need to set the standard of saying, I, I apologize. I, I never forget this. My father um, has said things and, and did things. And, 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 from, and when he knew he was wrong, he would come to me and says, son, I was wrong. I apologize to you. How many know that that needs to be inside? Uh, uh, um, your kids need to see you apologize to them. I, I said the wrong thing. This is not the way. Uh, this is not the way you should treat your mother. This is not the way that you should deal with your taxes. This is this. I I was wrong. I, I was trying to claim you know your half brother and and, and all their half brothers <laughs> down in Texas. Come on. Um, I, I apologize. I want to make this right. It takes a real man to say you know I want to make this right. I come to you, and I, I didn't lead you the right way. Um, I'm on my fifth marriage, and I want to apologize for not being committed to your mom. Quiet. It's quiet. Okay. Um, Paul is telling um, the father to provide in a godly environment for our children. Um, discipline them and, and instructing them. Fathers are called to be shepherds to their children and pastors to their children. They're, they're responsible for their disciple-making in the things of God, family worship, having family devotions. When the last time, fathers, you've prayed with your children, um, prayer is important. What's that saying? Uh, a family that what? Prays? Well, stays together, okay. Um, and uh, So prayer is a glue that brings families together and keep them. Well, I haven't been doing this. Do it tonight. Tonight, every, just declare, every Sunday night, we're going to have family worship. We're going to pray together. And it doesn't have to be like eight, not that you pray in eight hours. You can do just do five minutes a day or five minutes a week. Start somewhere. Um, um, fa um, families are, uh, fathers are called to teach your, their children how to um, spend their money, not be, be a spendthrift, um, uh, always spending everything that they got, learning how to save. Um, fathers are to instill within their children how to live life to, to its fullness, how to have fun. 
Some, some kids don't know how to have fun. Have good, clean fun. Um, you, you also want to encourage us, you know, don't stay home from church because you don't feel like going. But you, because if you do, you're teaching your children how to neglect Sunday worship. Um, what do we teach our? How do we teach our kids by the things we say? And and how again? How we love our spouses or their mothers? We teach them how to love their spouses. God holds us accountable for our children, and God holds our children accountable how they deal with us. My last scripture before we move on is Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22. And let's look at verse 6. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, I guess it would help if I had the right scripture. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says this, Train up a child in the way that he should go. Even... When he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should go. You are not to allow, and, and this is what some fathers and mothers do, they allow their children to live based on their feelings. Um, I feel a certain way, so therefore I, 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 you need to live. You don't, it, it bothered me growing up, even watching the Cosby and they would say, when it's, when it's time to have sex, you, you, you know it's when it's time, you'll feel it. That, that's not what God says. God doesn't say when you feel like having sex, you have sex. God says to train up a child in the way they should go. So what's the right way? Wait till you get married. Uh, what, what, what if they have to take, you know, they need to test out to see if that person is a good sexual fit. Or do you go to the grocery store and get and check out the milk before you buy it? Right? Oh, let me, let me check out the milk, see if it's spoiled or not. Um, I, I think that we have allowed society to tell us how we should live. We're, we're not to live by our feelings. Even as Drake says, you're in your feelings. You're not supposed to be in your feelings. You're supposed to be in your faith. If you're born again, you're supposed to be in your, you live by your faith. You, you don't live by what you feel. You may be at work and feel like hitting somebody. Go ahead and hit somebody and see what happens. You'll get fired. You may get really beaten pretty bad. I mean, come on. And you, may, you can't find another job. I mean, you don't live based on how you feel, right? Oh, I want to spend my money. Well, okay, you got an apartment. Go ahead and spend your rent and see what happens. All right, let me stop. I'm <laughs> It is our responsibility to train up a child in the way that he should go or they should go. If we don't, then the who will? The world, the devil, will train the way. Uh, and how does the devil use, uh, what does the devil do to train our children? Through social media, through television, through iPhones, through iPads and tablets and, and YouTube. You got to be careful what your kids are exposed to. Um, they, won't know if we, if we, they won't know unless we teach them. Don't rely on the school system for the education of your child. You, as a parent, are responsible for the education of your children. So if you're in a bad um, educational district, then make up the difference. Let's go to the library. Let's read. Let's develop good habits of reading and, 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 and developing crit critical thinking skills and not relying on the school system to do, the, do our job. 
the school system will not teach our children how financial education. So teach them how to pay off their mortgage. Teach them how to not stay away from credit cards and only use it when you got the money. You got to instill that into your child. And God gives us wisdom. And do you know that the Bible says, um, oh, no one, nothing but to love them. So God calls us, instructs us not to be in debt. Debt is a bondage. And you can't do what God called you to do fully with some debt behind on your back. So you got to break that, that spirit of debt. Says, you know what? You need to save for it. If you can't, if you can't save for it, then you don't need it. And, and, and I know that it's a lot. Oh, what about, you know, finances? Oh, that's nice, and that, but they're going to get you with the interest. All right, let me stop there. Almost finished. So how are we to, as fathers, how do we build a godly family? How do we build a godly legacy? First, you must be born again, becoming a child of God. What does it mean to be born again? It's must First, you must recognize that you are in need of Jesus, that I need Jesus. Why do I need Jesus, Pastor Dwayne? I need Jesus because I am a sinner, I'm lost, and my heart is rebellious against the almighty God. I have sinned against God. When God told me to go right, I went left. Therefore, I am a sinner. And I am in need. You know that the human nature, because of sin, is evil. And there's different levels of evil, right? Um, but, but we all have fallen short of the standards of God. And God's word has revealed to us that we cannot fulfill this law without a savior. And what we fail to do, Jesus accomplished. Jesus is our example. He is our substitute. He died in our place because we deserve a death because of our sins. And so Jesus died in, on the cross in placement of us. And not only did he die, but he received God's judgment upon him so that we could receive God's favor. Amen. So one way in which we build a godly family is we become born again. What does that mean, being born again? That means you were born the first time naturally, but you need to be reborn spiritually. You need to have a new nature and a new a relationship with God Almighty. The second thing is you must be an example for your children to follow. What kind of eternal imp imprint that you're placing on your children. Then you must pray for them daily. You must pray with them daily. You must study the Bible and read it to them and, and teach them the ways of God. We must teach them about life and eternity. We must bring them to, children, to church. We, we, we must understand where they are at all times. We must understand where they are spiritually. We must understand where they are mentally. We must understand where they are emotionally. We must understand where they are physically. We must know who's in their ears. We, as, as, how do you build a godly family? You choose your, your child's friends. Uh, we don't do sleep, sleepovers. Because I don't know you and I don't know where you're from. And a lot of times people get molested because parents oh, you know, they can sleep over. Well, you don't know that person. You don't know what's inside of that person. 
We must, we must choose our, our child's friends. So now you're not hanging out with them. That, that's tough. And, then, and when they're dating someone, mm, let me meet that person. No, nah, no, nah, you're not dating them. Um, there was a, a, a guy who his family did not agree with the girl that he chose. And they told him not to get involved, but he pursued her anyway, ended up getting married. And they were over in, um, in Arizona, um, and they were on a mountain, and she pushed him off the mountain. People are crazy. And you need, if, it's, it's amazing how children will choose a stranger over the ones that they love, who love them. They will forsake the teachings of their parents for a stranger they met over the internet. Listen, when you meet someone, you need to get your parents involved. You need to, well, what if they don't like them? That, well, that's a good thing. I remember one time I brought my, this girl I was dating to my grandmother, and she was mean to her. She's like, mm-mm. And I was like, well, why are you acting like this? Something ain't right with that girl. No, I don't approve. And a couple months later, I was in the car with her, and she just like, it was like, Something came over her. She was like crazy. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> we will not. I'm going to block you. I'm going to block you. <laughs> and I blocked her. Then this other girl, um, the same thing. Parents didn't agree. Um, and, and, and friends didn't agree with the relationship. And I, I end up you know, walking away from that relationship. She's on a third marriage. So God protected me. Amen. I'm going to end with that. Every eye closed, every head bow. Thank you for listening about building a godly family. If you're here and you said, Pastor Dwayne, I am not born again, but I want to be born again. I want to know this Jesus that you talked about. I want to know Father God. I want to receive Christ as my Savior, as my substitute, as my example. I want to make him the Lord of my life, and I want to turn away from a life of sin. I want you to be bold and brave enough to lift up your hand and say, that's me. I want to receive this Jesus that you talked about. Is there one here that I do not know Jesus and the pardon of my sins and I want to receive him? All right, let me pray. Father God, I thank you for these, your people. I pray that you would bring them understanding the importance of building a godly family. Help them to know who you are and your son, Jesus in the Holy Spirit. I'm asking you to draw them to you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.